0: Everyone, true to (coughs) true to form, uh, we're starting the session right on time. Uh, Welcome to SACPA. My name is uh, Knut Peterson, and I'm going to try and moderate this session today. Uh, Before we get started, I would ask you to uh, turn your cell phones on silent. That enhances the quality of the session. And I would ask that you put $14 in a bowl at each table if you're planning to eat. If you're just having coffee, $2 will do. I'm pretty new at this, so I'm going to have to re- read a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so the format, is, as usual, is uh, 25 minutes of presentation uh, and five minutes for me to introduce things. And then we uh, have lunch. I'm not sure, sure what we're having for lunch today. Do you know, Penny? Shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let me introduce you to, uh, to our speaker today, Rudy Regeer, is the owner and president of a local, uh, renewable energy, uh, options for your houses so you can heat your houses for free, you can, uh, wa- heat your water for free. All those good things that comes with uh, spending a uh, little bit of money and to start out with. (laughs) Rudy uh, grew up in Germany, uh, and Germany is, as you all know, is uh, well known for being on the leading edge of uh, many technological advances in this world and. uh, just like my home country, Denmark. <laughs> there's a lot of Germans that wish they could be Danes, but... Li- <laughs> Likewise, there's a few Danes that would like to be Germans, so it's all all even. <laughs> so, Rudy, he's... Uh, very passionate about uh, renewable energy and he has made a business out of that. Unfortunately, he, uh, his real ability to make a living is selling hot tubs. <laughs> and, uh, but he really wants to change that, so uh, he's uh, coming up to tell you guys a little bit about how to prioritize your money when you buy a new home or build a new home. So, without further ado, welcome Rudy to the
1: podium. Thank you, Mr. Knut. Um, yeah, my name is Rudy Reger. I'm a local guy since 1988. I moved to Laflerchbridge here. Um, I became a trucker first, and then, of course, trucking wasn't quite as much fun than doing something else. <laughs> But for me, uh, main main thing for me is I, I grew up in Gem- Germany. For me, yeah, the, the renewable is, is pretty much like I always tell people. I did. I was involved in renewable before it was popular and before it was political. So I try to stay out of politics. Um, I just believe everybody should be responsible and do their best part possible. So, Could you raise the microphone? sure. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna start my p- little presentation here. So. Huh? It's not moving. No, there it oh, did I did I go go too, too, too many times now. Oh, good. Sorry. So I'm going to go th- first, I'm going to read th- a couple of p- pages here, and then I'm going to elaborate with some pictures later on for my own house that we built in, in town here. So a net zero home means your home produces at least as much energy as it consumes. Um, This is possible through use of multiple sources of renewable energy. The most important for me, obviously, is geothermal and solar. So, just a little bit of a a graph that shows you solar panels on top and geothermal on the bottom. Um, For me, uh, net zero is, I believe, is a little more than some people assume. First of all, net zero is very easy to achieve this day and age. Um, if you have money, put just a pile of solar panels on the roof, and you're net zero, so to speak, right? For me, it's obviously, and I'm going to talk more about later on about how to start getting to net zero without just putting a pile of money on the roof on the solar panels. I have uh, heard quite a few people that went net zero by putting baseboard heaters on it, and it's okay. But in reality, you just you just say producing more power, and and baseboard heaters are not very efficient, but it's still net zero. So a lot of people, they, they kind of, first it comes into their mind, going net zero, they believe we have to be in the woods somewhere, small little cabin. Um, that has changed. That's a major change in the last few years. We can actually have a modern-looking house and still be completely either off-grid or, or in net zero, right? So, and it, again, for me, the, the comfort on net zero is the most, and I'm going to elaborate a little more later. Um Things to consider to go net net zero. First, you need oops, first you need to design uh, and position the home in the proper the, uh, the angle, sort of speak. Right. Second, you need to ensure you you have a proper insulation and uh, efficient windows. Third, you need to choose the right mechanical options, including uh, heating on your home and and your, for your water use. Right. Fourth is you uh, need to choose a, a energy-efficient appliances, and for the fifth is you choose environmentally-friendly flooring and lighting, and lastly, it usually ends up being with the PV panels on the roof. Really? Oh, sorry. I have to go one at a time. Sorry about that. So, my next page basically is where I'm going to talk about how we position our house. We purposely twisted our house a little bit southeast. So, first of all, we like to have the pass. This is actually southeast right here. Um, we like to have the passive of solar. So, m- middle of winter, minus 20, my house is two, three degrees warmer than, out, than it, I set my, the temperature in my, in my thermostat. Second is we twist it a little bit because we want, purposely we want, if the wind comes from the west, we don't want to have a solid brick wall that the wind hits. It. We actually want to have it so it bounces off as well from the north. So the west and north are the most crucial, crucial side for losing heat. So we want them a little bit of an angle so that it actually bounces off rather than just hit, hit the wall dead on, right? Second is we have basically no windows on the north side at all. There's a small window in the front door. That's That's it. And on the west side, we have one bedroom because we like to have still daylight. So the one bedroom that was not attached to the front, uh, we had to put one in, in the small, in the upper there on the washroom, we have a, one small window. But because this, it looks like a two-story house, is actually not. We have actually the upper, on the left corner there, That one, one is a bedroom, but the rest are all just open vaulted ceiling. Normally, vaulted ceiling is not the best way for an e- efficiency device. But we chose everything else, efficient except the one thing we kinda said, we still wanna have a modern look, an open feel house. So we went one corner is 33 feet tall on the front. But what we did, we actually installed return airs because I don't like fans blowing around. So we actually have return air way on top, 29 feet up that actually will suck the warm air and return it back into my system. So actually utilize all the heat so there's no heat loss on, on, on top there, right? So, and then the next one, obviously, is the envelope. And that's, I think, what a lot of people go – well, I a lot of people it's quite often gets misunderstood. Is the, for me, it's, like a, it's the envelope, first of all, most important, not how much I can spend on geothermal and solar later on. So, we, first, we try to make it as a house, first of all, a little bit smaller than traditional. This is actually it's tall, with only 1,200 square feet. There's no basement, 12 square feet, and we have a loft with two-bedroom, but from the outside, it looks like a big house because I have a very large garage, so I need to have my man cave. So it's a little like a modern life, but still be energy efficient, right? So a couple of things I always discuss with some of my friends and some clients is that if we build a four or 5,000 square foot home, first of all, it costs more to build cost more to heat, cost more to furnish, everything costs more, so it makes, in my mind, it's very tough to, to, to convince people sometimes not to go that big, but I'm a big believer, go a little smaller, so on paper, right now in Laffbridge costs between two, 200 and three hundred and $300 square foot to build a decent house, while if you save, you cut it down by 1,000 square feet, on paper, you just save yourself $300,000, so... That's why I quite often argue with clients is that you can actually drop it and everything I, we, we talk about it, your whole better envelope the geothermal solar is actually free. Um, as well, if you do go to the acreage and I'm, again, I'm very careful, I'm not talking anti-gas, I'm just, I haven't had gas for 18 years so I don't know what gas means in my house but, but uh, in acreage for example, you spend about $10,000 to get the gas to your property and then you're buying the furnace and the air conditioner and and the boiler, so geothermal does all of it. So we don't need to have any of that investment, right? And same as in the floor, we do um, recommend obviously spray foaming or putting insulation on the floor so the heat doesn't go out. Um, My walls are a little unique. I can't tell you 100% how it's built because it's still in the patent stage, but just in plain words, I will explain a little bit. It's basically drywall, two inch of air gap, a plywood sheet, five inch spray foam, Five-inch uh, rock slide insulation, another plywood sheet, and then the hardy board. So it's 13-inch thick. It's an, an R 55 plus. So it's more than double than the average house is. That's active, actually. By the way, uh, you, quite often you hear R 20, R 30, but this, that's not active. This actually is an active R 50 plus. And is, in the ceiling we have R 100 plus. So we again, when we maybe a little bit overboard. Not, not. I don't recommend that everybody has to go that route. I just. We decided to go a little smaller, but go all out and have basically as little, little investment from then on, on the energy side, right? And then, of course, the next is the mechanical components. So we chose to go with geothermal because that's what I believe is efficiency-wise. There's nothing competes with geothermal, although... Geothermal need, it uses power. Sometimes, especially if it's not installed right, it can use fair amount of power. If it's done right, it will not. But a efficiency wise is 400% more efficient than the best furnace in the market. But it doesn't, it doesn't work out as a 400% savings. So there's four ways of doing geothermal, um, either horizontally, vertically, or open loop, or pond loop. I chose a pond loop because... My wife, as a joke, she said, if I ever move again, I'm moving to the waterfront. <coughs> and I told her, okay, we'll make you a waterfront. So we actually built a little, uh. little pond and use it as a waterfront and use it at the same time as a geothermal pond. So, so the pipe you see on top there, mm-hmm. that work? Yeah, there. On top, does actually pipe the, in, in the ground with brick holding it down. So once the pond is filled up, there you, cannot, you will never see the pipe again. And basically, what it does in a very plain way, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail how geothermal works, but in the plain words, is if you take a jug of water and you put it in your fridge, we always talk about the, the fridge cools the water off. In reality, it doesn't. It removes the water, the, the, the heat from your jug, into the back coil. So your back coil is always much hotter than what you, what you actually put in, into the fridge. In geothermal, we do the same thing. We take the ground temperature. It's tw- 28 feet deep in the back. It will never freeze. It's always going to be above fr- freezing. So we take that temperature, run it through our compressor, turns the, turn the free on into the vapor, and we have all the heat we want. As well, the misunderstanding quite often is that geothermal cannot heat 100% by itself. In 18 years, I have never used one auxiliary heater in my house, period. And we had some cold winters in the past. This last winter was this new house now, same thing, 21 degrees, no sweat with zero up, zero backup so and then of course that here you see the heat pumps that's actually the heat pump there what that heat pump does this is actually this flow, flow center from outside those loops come from the, from the pond it's the, it's kind of like- oh yeah sorry this this here is actually a flow center this pipe here comes from the ground and gets transferred to the heat pump this is the heat pump and those are to the called the air, air handlers that we actually will handle my air but what this compressor does It's actually the first compressor installed in Western Canada, variable speed compressor that actually will wrap up as the need is there, but it does all, it does my, it heats my garage, in floor, it heats my swim spa, and it heats my downstairs, the main floor and the up floor, all in one system. So I don't need no boiler, no air conditioner, no furnace, all does in one system. And in the summertime, it turns into a cooling system. So we have 100% good cooling in the house, and way more natural plus there's geothermal doesn't dry the air out, so it's way more natural than the Denver And of course I'm a big component about saving water. So I'm using an Australian type dual flush toilet and a better shower head. So our we're two people in the house, but we have kids coming home every weekend because the dad cooks. And so but we use every six weeks we use eighteen hundred gallons of water. And we live a normal lifestyle, but we still use very little water comparison to some, some families. So our house uses, yeah, very, very little water. This is a new generation water heater that is basically comes from Germany that we have as well that takes the ambient room temperature and turns into hot water for pennies compared to a traditional water heater. Again, we don't need to have a chimney, don't need to have an exhaust, no fresh air. It just circulates the air in your mechanical room and draws warm air in and turns into hot water. Um, this water heater will run approximately family of two, $4 a month of actual power draw. So that would be incorporated as well. So it's an 80 gallon tank, so it actually is a lot of water. And so you can it's just very, very economical to, to offset because years ago when we did the net zero homes, we didn't have this option. So we had to run an electric tank and electric tanks is a gas, so the power guzzler, the craziest. So it, does not. And then, of course, energy efficient appliances. Um, I'm not going to promote the company I bought for, but we went and researched like crazy to see which was, who was the best out there and could give me the least amount. Um, just for example, our stoves have a clock built in, but the clock at 11 o'clock shuts off, and it disappears. So there's no it's very minimal draw, but still uh, everything shuts off. The dishwasher. For example, when it's done, it actually pops open, open a little bit with a little clip there, and lets it dry with the air instead of having the dryer inside it. So a lot of little things they do to make it more more efficient, right? And then, of course, flooring we went with quite a bit with cork flooring stuff of like that. Um, everything is LED lights. There's not a single bulb in the house that's not LED lights. Um, we went as well with a new new style. Um, Wireless switches, so we saved ourselves miles and miles of wires going because none of the switches in the house have a wire going to it, it's all just Bluetooth communication. So, there's no way, way less wires going into the house like that, right? So, and on the end, yeah, we need to top, top it up obviously to call it real net zero. We actually have a 15 kilowatt system there that will produce enough power to heat and cool and everything you do in the house. Including my swim spa and two electric cars. So we both drive electric. Mine is a hybrid, and my wife is actually an electric car. So we basically don't we try not to burn in any, any fuel. So. so a few benefits. That is, um, now I have to remember to click here. First of all, a net zero home slash geothermal home is more comfortable because so the air is um, It's a cleaner, c- cleaner air because if you have an airtight home, you don't have all the junk coming from the, from the outside. Carbon monoxide because my house, our home, net zero homes usually don't have gas coming in. Um, Increase in value, value of your house, because it's still early stage because some people don't appreciate the product yet, but it's coming every year. We see more and more people understand that this makes sense to go that route. Um, Obviously, your bills are basically disappearing. Um, My bill, we're estimating going to be about $40 a month because I still pay some line charges I can't get rid of at the moment, but I have nothing else to to pay for. and obviously the greenhouse gas emission is very important. And I'm, I always believe that I'm doing my part to do it as little as possible for the f- footprint of it. Right? So a little shout-, shout-, shout out here to some people in, in here that actually went with um, some solar way before the grants came out. So they actually chose to go for it before the grants, and this is just a little graph from them that they sent to me to show people how important it is to go and be. They've been from six years now, I believe, right? Six, seven years? We're in the six. six years, yeah. They have produced about 108% of their of their power consumption in the in- house. I just need to convince them yet to go to geothermal, and then they can go all the way to net zero. <laughs> but on on the on on power side, they are net zero for a long time. So. Basically, to, to wrap it up a little bit, for me, it is, I've been doing it for a long time. I like what it, that people are following us more and more and actually buying into the concept. We have quite a few companies in town who are focusing more and more on solar and all kinds of stuff, so we're not the only ones in town doing it. But for me, it's just mainly, it's just, it's something that I believe people should, without with government grants, should consider to slowly, and not everybody has to go right away to a net zero home. We can uh, show people how a lot of small stuff can be done to slowly moving towards that. For us, it was just we had a dream of doing it and actually with um, what we preach. We've been, I have geothermal in my previous house for, since uh, 2002, I put geothermal in here. Uh, actually, the city of Lathbridge had never seen one yet. As far as new, they actually came and asked me, but, but what, is, what is that? What are you, what are you, what are you doing? So, and then some inspectors actually came to look at it. And the funny part was, the little story is that I, I had about five, six inspectors come and We talked about the, how the loop works outside and how the reverse headers works. I wanted to drill and tie them together, all that. But then one inspector couldn't make it. And my 12 year old daughter was home when he, when he showed up. And he said, he said, well, my dad is not home, but well, do you mind if I go to the backyard and look at it? I said, yeah, sure, so he went back and then she comes out and says, all of a sudden she's t- telling him, <laughs> how the system works, because I've been talking so much at home about it, so my kids actually knew how geothermal worked. (laughs) So, and, yeah, it was kind of funny. But now, yeah, obviously it's more and more common sense. We're still so far behind from the rest of the world, even the U.S., we are about 10%, I believe, of geothermal comparison to the U.S. per capita. So we still have a very hard time to convince people I think a lot of people are scared, like even my com- some of the competitors are scared and I've been telling you over and over, I don't take business away. The small amount of geothermal that gets done in town, it won't hurt anybody. So we try to slowly educate people that it's, it's not that we're gonna just take over and everybody's gonna go geothermal now, right? So, um, but it's, it's, it's coming. Every year we see more and more interest, more and more people understand about it, um, more countries talk about it. It is just, uh, it's, it's, sorry, for me it just makes sense. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's pretty much my presentation here today. Um, I think we have some questions afterwards, right? Yeah. All right. Thank you.